everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. As you saw today, we are concluding our series on the fruit of the Spirit. It's been a long journey, but I hope that this has been something that you guys have been able to get something out of it. The realization that there is this battle within us, if you're a Christian, a battle within us, whether it's pulling you to do the desires of the flesh or leading or allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you to produce the desires of the, or the desire of the, of the Spirit. This tension for us that whether we want to, the, the, the inwardly, we want to do what is wrong and the Spirit that tells us to do what is right. And how all of us have been called to produce the fruit of the Spirit, meaning one fruit with many aspects, and we have covered them. Joy, love, gentleness, uh, self, uh, well, today self-control, but gentleness, uh, uh, joy, uh, peace, long-suffering. That's not one, but I just thought of it on the spot. Uh, there's eight of them that we have covered. I, I was trying to go over my yesterday. Like, all right, well, how do you, who, who knows all of them? All right, try and tell them them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My man, Trent. He is the better Trent. So we've been covering all of this, and the idea is that we are to produce, to have all of this in our life. Not just one or two and pick and choose, but all of them. This is what we've been called to produce. And not only that, we are to produce it with everyone, not just those in our inner circle, but even those that we encounter in life, whether it's by passing, whether it's just acquaintance, whatever it is, we are to produce these things. And so today, we're going to end with self-control. But before we get there, let's read the passage. And it says this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And we'll read it from 16 just to have, it into, to have the context. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the work of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sexuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, these are ways for you to tell whether or not you are, you are living a life that brings honor and glory to God is by how, what fruit you're producing. If you are producing these things, if this is what your life is about, then it begs the question, are you, have you believed in the message of the gospel? Because if you have believed in the message of the gospel, then the fruit of the Spirit are its love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. This is what we've been covering. This is what we have been talking about, the importance of allowing ourselves to be led by the Spirit so that we can produce the, the fruit of the Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about self-control. Now, if I was to ask you guys, what is your goal in life? Well, the time that you die, whether it is in three years, no, hopefully not, in 20 years, if you're like me, by the time you're 45, or by the time, you, you know, 68, 100, 150, who, know, who knows how long you're going to live. What is that you want, what is your goal? What is the one thing that you want to accomplish? If you're honest, many of us will say, well, I w- by that time, I would want to accomplish having a family. I would f- want to have myself find a wife 
or a husband and have children and be able to be established. Some may say, I want to have a full-time job. I want to be making 100 k a year. That would be kind of nice. If you ever do that, let me remember me, you know, don't forget about me. Uh, some of <laughs> Luke, yeah, I got you, Luke. Uh, some of you may want to say, you know, I would like to uh, find, find happiness, find, you know, be able to be happy, be able to find sustainability, be able to find my dream job, be able to accomplish this and that. And, and we can go on the list of things that we can say, these are things that we want to accomplish in our life. Now, if we get more specific or sooner, we will say, what are some short-term goals that you want to accomplish? Some may say, I want to get a new car. I want to finish through the, through the uh, season of tax or exams right now. How many of you guys are going through exam right now? Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, I want to finish through them. I want to get aces or at least pass them, right? We, will, we all have goals and things like that, but who of us in this room can be honest and say that one thing that you have desire is to have self-control? Not many of us. To say and to genuinely say, you know, I wish as a goal of my life is to be known as someone that has self-control. Why is it that Paul ends this list with self-control? I don't think that it's just coincidence. I actually think that he was a strategic on led by, or as, he was, as he was being in, and led by the Holy Spirit to write this passage, that it strategically he put the word self-control as the last one. Because self-control, by definition, is the ability to restrain yourself from fleshy desires, fleshly desires, or impulse, as you say. It is the thing that allows you to prevent, it's, it's this, this idea that when you have self-control, you are able to keep yourself from doing the things that, you're not, that you ought not to do. Think about a dog, right? If you have a dog and you're trying to train them and you give them a cookie and you say to the dog, stay, don't eat the cookie till I tell you to eat it. Most dogs, when they first start getting trained, they just jump for it and eat it. That is how we are too as, an, as, as humans being. You think of those that, are, that have addictions, how if, if, you know, for someone that has addiction for drugs, they are lacking self-control. This, this, this impulse that they have to do what is wrong, they will continue to do that because they cannot control themselves. And so why is it that Paul is ending this list with self-control? And the reason why is because self-control is the Holy Spirit and power ability that helps us to live in a life that brings honor and glory to God. None of us, I should say, maybe inwardly, but none of us, or, or, or let me rephrase this. When was the last time that you thought to yourself that for the rest of your life, you want to live a life that brings honor and glory to God? When was the last time that you really look at, examine yourself, look how you're living, look how you're doing, and said to yourself, today and every day of my life, I want to live in a way that brings honor and glory to God. If you're a Christian, it means that you have believed in this message of the gospel, meaning that you recognize that there was a time in your life where you were lost in sin, a time in your life where you were condemned, where there was no hope, there was no happiness, there was no purpose. Your life was empty. And you recognize that without the gospel message, you were lost and alone. And somehow God spoke to you through people, through the preaching of the word or however, and you understood that you were in desperate need of a Savior, that without the Savior, there wouldn't be anything for you, that you would just be lost like a sheep going through the slaughter, that you would just be purposeless with no, no guidance and no future in your life. 
And you recognize that. And so you believe on this message that God loves you so much so that he sent his son to die on the cross for, to die on your, for your sins. That although you will deny him, that although you will go back and follow your fleshly desires, that although you will make decisions daily that will be opposed to what he wants you to do, you, he was still willing to die for you on the cross. And not only that, by resurrecting from the dead, he proved that the message that he shared, that the gospel that he shared, it is true, that indeed in him we can find life in abundance. When you recognize that message, when you recognize that you are undeserving, that there is nothing that merits you such sacrifice, you will make the, the case can be made then that you will recognize that you need to live a life that brings honor and glory to that message. That that sacrifice that was first poured out for you on the cross by Jesus deserves from you and me a dedication and a devotion to live a life that brings honor and glory to God. Sadly, that is not the case for most of us. And the reason why that's not the case is because most of us lack self-control. Now, in the Bible, you have Paul, and our boy Paul, if you know anything about Paul, he was awesome, but he was also someone that had a past. He was someone that persecuted Christians. He killed Christians. He not only killed Christians, he did it so with the banner of being righteous, right? He had a terrible past. He had a terrible uh, upbringing. He had all the excuses as to why someone will not be deserving of being saved by God. He persecuted the same God that will end up, ended up saving him. And look what Paul says once he has lived in a life for over 30 years, living a life where he's bringing honor and glory to God. Look what he says in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he says, he's telling to these people as he's near death, he says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He's saying to them, not that I think that I already arrived, not that I think that I'm already at that point in the, where, where I don't need to do anything else. Instead, because of what Jesus did for me and how he made me his own, I need to pursue this. And he says, brother, I do not consider that I have made in my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what is lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the price of the upright call of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying to them, no matter no matter what I have done, I still am not there yet. I still need to pursue this living that brings honor and glory to God. If in another passage he's talking about this race that if you look at how athletes perform in the book of Corinthians, we're told how they pursue and how they train themselves in such a way so that they can accomplish the goal. Paul's goal in life was to bring honor and glory to God. What is your goal in life is the question I want you to be thinking today. Now, with this idea of self-control, there are some things that we need to address. Reasons that you and I struggle with self-control. Why you and I are bad with self-control. Number one, being love and enjoyment of fleshly desires. You and I, if we're honest, if you're honest to yourself, you love the things that you do that aren't wrong. It's not, it's not, I, I don't think it's, not, it's, it's naive to, to think that you don't like the things that are bad. Those things that are bad, they're attractive for a reason. They are, we're tempted to do those things for a reason. And if you're honest, when you do them at times, even in the moment, they feel good and they're enjoyable. So why should you control that fleshly desire, that impulse that tells you not to do those things? Well, because it, it, you enjoy it. And in the moment, it brings you pleasure 
It may bring you happiness. It may bring you fulfillment. And so you tell yourself, you know, I'm going to justify not having self-control because of this reason. Number two, sometimes if you want, not sometimes, to have self-control requires sacrifice. It means that you have to give up things. For instance, if you're struggling with pornography, maybe it's not the best thing for you to have a smartphone. And so for you to say, let's, let's get rid of your smartphone so that as a way of sacrifice, you can live in a way that brings honor and glory to God. Man, getting rid of your smartphone is not that easy. Why should I? And so yet again, you see the struggle of self-control because it requires sacrifice. It's not an easy thing to do. Number three is commitment. The, the idea of living a life that brings honor and glory to God, it's a long-term commitment. Paul, after 30 years of living a life that, had bring, that, that you can make the case, he is the example of a man to live a life that brought honor and glory to God after he got saved. And yet he himself is still saying that I have not attained that, that I still have to pursue after that. You and I need to recognize too that there is this, this is a long commitment. That it takes time, but the reality is that we don't like commitments. We don't like to do things for a long term. We may be okay with doing, not doing the things that are around for a week, but after a week, we go back to it because, you know, we already did our time. And number four is pride. Either you think you're better, that you know better, or whether you think you can figure out on your own, or whether you think that it's not important and that you, you, you're, you're justified what you're doing, whatever the excuse is, pride gets on the way of self-control. And it is why you and I, those four reasons are the reasons why most of us, if not all of us, struggle with self-control. Now, if self-control really is the, the Holy Spirit and power ability that help us to live a life that brings honor and glory to God, why don't we prioritize it? For that, we need to look at the aspects of self-control. Number one, and let me tell you a disclaimer about this. This aspects of the, of the, whole, of the uh, self-control, you need to recognize, and I need to recognize, that we are only able to do these things because of the Holy Spirit. If you are not a Christian, if you have never believed in the, whole, in, in the message of the gospel, then there is no expectation from, from us and from you that you can accomplish self-control. It will be naive of you to think that you can have self-control apart from the gospel apart from the Holy Spirit. So these things that we're going to be covering now, we're covering them in light of the fact that you are, that you have the Holy Spirit within you. Number one is self-management. It's the ability to control your time, environment, and exposure. Self-control, in order to have self-control, you need to control your time, your environment, and your exposure. And this is where a lot of us struggle because we're not smart with our time. We're not smart in the situations that we put ourselves. And we're not as smart of the things that we force ourselves to do. And so when you're having self-control to prevent you from doing the things that you ought to do, you need to recognize that there has to be an aspect in you that you're able to do because of the Holy Spirit that allows you to manage your time, manage your environment, and manage your exposure. This is necessary in order for you to have self, self-control, which, like we talk about, will lead you to have to live a life that brings honor and glory to God. Number two is self-modification, the ability to change behavioral patterns. This is huge. 
because you and I have behavior patterns. You and I are people of habits that we do things as we do them. And with this self-control, with the, ha- with the idea of the Holy Spirit, you need to recognize that there are patterns that you have in your life that are leading you to do things that you shouldn't be doing, that are leading you to believe things that you shouldn't be li- believing, that are leading you to, to do things that you shouldn't be doing, saying things that you shouldn't be doing, seeing things that you shouldn't be doing. And so because of the Holy Spirit, you now recognize that there has to be a self modification in your life where you need to change some of the patterns so that you can live a life that brings honor and glory to God. And lastly, self-regulation, the ability to impose restrictions on oneself is to recognize that as an individual, you need boundaries. If you don't have boundaries in your life, you're just going to be running freely and you're going to end up running to a wall and hurting yourself is figurative speaking. That as a Christian, you need to set boundaries for yourself, and you know yourself. You know that if you stay past 11 p.m., you're going to end up doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So instead of staying up past 11 p.m., go to bed at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. That you know that if there are people in your life, people, friends in your life, that their influence in you lead you to do things that you shouldn't be doing, then you need to recognize that you need to cut those friendships, set some restrictions, that you're not going to hang out with that person alone, that you're not going to be doing those things alone. If you're dating somebody, if you have a relationship with somebody, and you guys are getting too physical, and we're going to be covering this in our dating relationship, then you need to recognize that as a Christian that wants to bring honor and glory to God, maybe the regulation that you need to put on yourself is that you too shouldn't be hanging out alone. Needless to say, these are things, these three things are things that all of us need to recognize that encompass this idea of self-control. It is not picking shoes. You need all three of them. You need to self-management, self-modification, and self-regulation. You need to prioritize those three things so that then you can live a life that brings glory and honor to God. If truly you believe the message of the gospel, if truly you are thankful for the message of the gospel, then you will thrive and you will do whatever it takes to bring honor and glory to God. I remember the story, and we have covered this, of the lady, between the interactions that Jesus had with a Pharisee and this uh, uh, sinful lady. Uh, the, the Pharisee is having dinner with Jesus, and he's talking with him, and nothing is going on. And, and out of nowhere, this lady comes into the, the, the room, and she gets on Jesus' feet and starts kissing his feet and started basically wiping his feet with her hair and her, her tears and things like that. And the guy is saying to himself, if Jesus knew who this woman was, he wouldn't be letting her do those things. But Jesus says, since I came into this house, you did not clean my feet like it was a custom. Instead, this woman has not left her, has not stopped to kissing and wiping her tear, or my feet with her tears. And then he goes on to say, for those that must have been forgiven, more grateful they are. When you recognize the, the, the heaviness, the weight of the forgiveness that had been given out to you by Jesus then it will prompt you to do like that woman and do whatever it takes to bring honor and glory to God. And I think that one of the things that we have done wrong as in, a, in the church is that we have become very apathetic to this message of the gospel. That we hear it so often, we know it so, we know it so well, but it, because of how often and recurrent and how much we sing it and we talk about it, it becomes like a white noise at sometimes where we, it loses the effect of actually what happened there. The cost of Jesus on the cross for you so that you will live a life that will not be lonely, a life that will not be 
guileless, a life that will not be purposeless, but a life that will bring honor and glory to God. And all that you and I have to do is to honor that by the way we live. And for that, we need to, be, to have self-control. Self-control being the ability or the empowered by uh, the Holy Spirit empowered ability that help us to live a life that brings honor and glory to God. If we are to produce this, the fruit of the Spirit, we need to have self-control. It's not an option. It means that you have to be, you have self-control on your time, your environment, change your behaviors, and even put some restrictions in your life. But that has to be done by you. I cannot do that for you. Your parents cannot do that for you. You have to make that decision. It's for you to say, you know, God, I appreciate what you did for me on the cross. And that sacrifice that you did for me on the cross deserves my devotion. Deserves for me to live a life that brings you honor and glory. And for that, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. Which is why self-control is so important. As we conclude the series on the fruit of the Spirit, and we had talked about all these different fruits, which one are you producing? Are you producing the desires of the flesh, or are you producing the fruit of the Spirit? If I was to ask people in your life, hey, what is she or him producing, what will they say? All of us in this room are without excuse as to what we're producing. And you may think that you have time to start producing, but life is so quick. Life will surprise you like that. And the, the, the decision to honor and to bring glory to God must start today and every day of your life. It's not an option. It's our devotion. You want to do it. Because you recognize what Jesus did for you on the cross. Now, if you don't recognize that, then I guess that's another conversation. Then there's no expectation for you to live in a way that brings honor and glory to him. But if you truly understand what took place on the cross, if you truly recognize what Jesus did for you on the cross, then you know the necessity for us to live a life that brings honor and glory to him. What is your goal in life? Is it to accomplish all of this nonsense or to live a life that honors him and that brings glory to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the fact that we can come to church and hear from you and learn from you, Lord. Father, I pray that you would uh, continue to speak to us, Lord, that uh, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, that we would indeed let the Spirit work in our life, transform us to your image, Lord, that, it, that we, will be, we will submit ourselves to it, Lord, and that we will be faithful to produce the things that you have called us to produce, Lord. Father, I pray today and every day of our life that you will give us self-control, that we will be able to uh, do whatever we need to do, Lord, in order to make sure that we don't fall for those fleshly temptations, Lord, and that instead we do whatever we need to do to bring you honor and glory, Lord. Father, I pray this in your wonderful name. Amen.